Shall we begin? <laughs> to welcome you all hello welcome to luncheon with lisa i want to welcome you all to the next episode of luncheon with lisa and i'm excited about this evening um so i want to um we have a special guest that's coming on here this evening um we're having a little technical difficulty um but i want to um <laughs> i want to um welcome you all to luncheon with lisa today um today March 11th. Um, so we're already um, shoot, halfway through March. This this year is moving fast. Um, so welcome everybody in. Please take a moment to share, um, like, um, yell, through the, yell through the house and tell them to tune in because we have a wonderful guest and a special announcement for tonight. I wanted to do a couple of um, announce, uh, smaller announcements um, just to, before we get started and I introduce our guests. Um, so I wanted to give you all a heads up that on uh, March 23rd, I will be hosting um, a wonderful book uh, launch. It's called the Step Into Leadership Greatness Virtual Book Launch. March 23rd, the visionary Dr. Jennifer Jones Bryant is going to be um, having all of her co-authors come on the show for, um, actually, they're coming on the show for March 18th and the 25th. But the 23rd is their actual book launch. So you can go out there and register for the book launch um, and please be a part of that. It's going to be a phenomenal event. Um, and then on March 18th and 25th, the last Thursdays of Lunch with Lisa, we're going to have all of the authors, um, the co-authors coming on to talk about their chapters, about the book. So we're going to um, step in the name of leadership greatness for the next two weeks on Lunch with Lisa. I also wanted to share with you all that I will be, um, and I'm excited about being featured in a magazine called Tap In Magazine. It's a um, a woman's magazine, and they are going to be releasing it in April. And I am excited about being a part of that project, mostly because my birthday is in April. So um, I have some plans to celebrate for the month of April since it's my birthday. So I wanted to let you all know about those events coming up. And we actually have a special announcement tonight. Um, but I wanted to start um, by introducing our guest. Um, and I want to bring her in and share a little bit about her. And then we're going to get into some conversation because the topic of this evening is going to be, I think, a very powerful and interesting conversation that we probably need to talk more about. So I want to introduce you to Alika Melson, who is a new author and a woman on the rise pursuing her dreams with her gift of writing. She launched her debut novel in September 2020, The Conquering the the title is conquering co-parenting being a single mother of a 2019 high school graduate her daughter is her inspiration to strive for the highest in life once her daughter graduated alika began sending her daily inspirational emails to encourage her transition into adulthood because her daughter's initials are jam she titled these daily writings morning toast with jam which is so cute 
um, and has not missed one day since she began this movement in July of 2019. These writings have been so uplifting that she decided to take it to another level and has now created her brand with the same name to now inspire and encourage the world. She also plans to write more books and she has a heart for working with young adult, um, adult ladies. She is also in the process of creating her own mentor group called Amazing Grace, which stands for Amazing Girls Rising and Creating Evolution. She is also a contributing writer for Dove Style Magazine, the online magazine, as her mission is to forever encourage and impact the world. And that she is doing, we are going to discuss her book, um, well, the first of many, um, called Conquering Co-Parenting, Overcoming Chaos and Stress While Sharing Custody. Okay, that is a mouthful and a hot topic, I think. Um, so I wanted to actually introduce you and welcome you, Alika, to Luncheon with Lisa. You have been here before on other topics, but this one is all about you and your book. I wanted to let everybody know this is Alika's book. You all need to go out here. We're going to let you know by the end of the show um, and in between where, to, where you can get this book. But Alika, we want to get into it. Um, first, I want to welcome all of our viewers. Hi, Sherry and Teresa and Victoria and Doreen and Darcel. Welcome. Um, and Dar I mean, uh, I said Darcel and then start saying Darcel. Alika, um, join us with the conversation on this conquering co-parenting and how this book actually came about. I think you're on mute. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, where do I even start? Um, <laughs> I always wanted to write a book, um, but I struggled for a long time um, trying to determine what topic to write about. So as my daughter was growing, by the time she was in, I would say, mid to late elementary school, um, I became a Girl Scout troop leader. And I was already going through just craziness with my co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband, her father. Um, and then I started seeing other families struggling with the same issues, mm -hmm. just in different ways. Um, so back in 2011, that's when God spoke to me and said, you need to write about co-parenting. Um, and I was fearful, I'm not going to lie, um, because it's a it's a necessary topic that we don't talk about. But of course, writing about it would just have to, I, I, I knew I was going to have to come up with a lot of stuff, um, personal stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I started, my plan was to write it in 2011 when I first had the vision, but I just couldn't get it together. And then I realized I needed more time. Um, okay. and more experience. And so it was like, by the time it, it's like he gave, God gave me a glimpse of it in 2011. But by the time my daughter was about to graduate, he just started opening up doors and basically said, now it's time. Mm -hmm. Um, which was great because at that time, by that time I had matured a lot more myself as a parent. Um, the situation wasn't any better in my co-parenting relationship, but I was better. Okay. Um, as a parent, because I stopped reacting to things, um, I learned how to maneuver around um, situations that I didn't have control over. Mm -hmm. And I also, I also got a chance to just kind of dive into other people's stories and um, just observed other co-parenting relationships that some got better, um, some some got worse, <laughs> and then you know. Um, 
you know, and even though mine didn't get better, it it did in a sense because by the time my daughter was about to graduate, you know, I had already had to put her in counseling because she was heavily affected by the um, the strain of the co-parenting relationship between her father and myself. Um, so she had gone through years of counseling. She's still in counseling. Uh, and that was the best decision that I made for her. And then some other avenues that I chose to um, put her in, like the um, the a girl's mentor group that really, really helped her. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to I Love Me mentoring. Yes. <laughs> and um, so, th- so that's basically how it all started. Okay. So, and, um, and, and like I said, and, and this goes for not just, you know, people who have been married, like ex-spouses, but just people who have, you know, had children and are going through some issues and blended families, um, you know, single moms, single dads. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's probably complaints on both sides or, you know, just all kinds of, like you said, chaos and stress coming from all ends because, between kids and and trying to get along and you haven't even figured out how to get along with each other let alone the child in that mix that can be kind of crazy chaos is a perfect word for it so um what were some tips because i know once we get towards the end i want you to share some things that maybe work for you um that you can suggest to other people but what were some of the biggest challenges um when you were you know going through this The biggest obstacle was the fact that, you know, I live here in Maryland and her father lives in Richmond, Virginia. So the distance already put a strain on everything. I I originally was in Richmond myself and I moved back to Maryland, which is my hometown, when my daughter was two. So it was pretty much from the very beginning. And so that distance made it a challenge. Um, So we had to establish court orders with visitation and holidays um, and of course, child support. And, um, you know, we had, he, he had her every other weekend and six weeks in the summer. And the visitation was not an issue as far as him coming to see her because even though that was a long distance, he's, he, he was faithful with that every other weekend. He never missed a weekend. Um, So the challenge was that distance. And then the challenge was also when she would spend time uh, with her father and eventually he um, gained another family. He remarried and now has two daughters. And so because we were never on one accord with agreeing to how we were going to parent, I would sometimes have to deprogram her when she would come home because she, you know, she couldn't understand, nor should she um, have had to understand the differences in the two households um Mm -hmm. you know certain things she could get away with there she couldn't get away with with me and vice versa right um so that was the biggest challenges um the distance and then the the differences that we had in parenting her yeah i you know and i can relate um uh, with my children when my daughter would go every other weekend to her dad's um and, and and it's not necessarily a bad on either side but i get it you know, when she went there, sometimes you go to families where, you know, you say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, you know, you might do that in one parent's home and then the other parent doesn't require that. Um, so, she, she, you know, at times it, it mm-hmm. got a little crazy because I was like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? You know, right. and, I, and without trying to disrespect the other side of it, it's like it's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. Um, and you have to, you know, and then it becomes a battle of, you know, mm-hmm. the, you don't need to do it over here. Well, she won't do it over here and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I can see how that can be crazy. So what was one of the ways that you all kind of 
address that challenge um, to make it a little better for her? I can't say we addressed it okay. because <laughs> let's just like keep it real. Let's keep it real. <laughs> but but let me say this. Um, you know, my story is not in as far as the book, it's not one-sided. It's not, you know, about my way being the right way um, right. or his way being the wrong way. It was just there was no common ground. So I I had to work extra hard to try to find some type of balance where um, keeping him involved. And, you know, um, her schooling was one of the challenges as well, because she just wasn't um, one of those students that was able to follow a school's curriculum. Um, so her grades were often challenged. And I always got blamed for that from him. Um, okay. So, you know, I would sit down with him and say, well, listen, Rather than being a part of the problem, be a part of the solution. Let's try to work this together. You know, let's do parent-teacher conferences together. Well, no, he he said, no, You that's on you. You know, you handle all of that. She just needs to have good grades. Um, and, and it was to the point where I had to have her tested in elementary school because I knew that she had some challenges and it wasn't something she was just deliberately not trying to learn. Um, mm -hmm. She just struggled. So every, right. every child does not fit every curriculum. Um, right. So that was that was really difficult because every time she brought home a bad grade, I was blamed and she was caught in the middle of it. Right. Um, right. And so it, it, to the point where she was when she was in middle school, he started telling me I was a failure of a parent because of her grades. And he started saying it to her. And okay. so it made, it made her feel some kind of way because she knew she was doing her best. I knew she was doing her best. She knew that I was the ones communicating with these teachers every single day, showing up for parent teacher conferences, um, sending emails, um, just just advocating on her behalf while he sat back and didn't do any of those things as much as I encouraged it. It just, he just refused and put all of that on me, but at the same time kept me as the blame, blameful one as mm -hmm. to why these grades were the way that they were. So that was, that was a, a really tough time. Um, and, and I, and I honestly can say, I don't think he meant to be as hurtful I just don't think some people do things unintentionally, mm -hmm. um, you know, just to kind of boost their own self up for whatever reason. Um, but he just wasn't aware of how it was affecting our daughter. And that's what was very, very hard to deal with because yeah. I want, you know, she was with me The you know, I was the, um, what do you, the custodial parent. So she was with me most of the time and, you know, and the teachers always saw me and I would often talk about, you know, her dad to the teacher saying, hey, you know, reach out to him and they would send him, you know, notifications. And he would every now and then he would respond. But for the most part, he just lacked in that area. And that's that made a huge difference in her life. Yeah, because I you hit the nail on the head with um, I think even in, in a lot of these situations, I think we miss the point of the child, how it's affecting the child. So mm -hmm. a lot of times these are like adult issues. Um, they, they are, as Darcel said, a lot of them are very common. Um, and then we lose sight of even if they are common issues that happen when you're no, no longer together raising a child. 
how they are reacting, how they're feeling, because um, mm -hmm. they're feeling all the guilt. They're feeling responsible. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want to be in the middle of that stuff. And um, sometimes it's hard to, you know, you're trying to keep them out of it. But, you know, when they get to a certain age, they can hear. They, you know, they hear telephone conversation. I mean, the house ain't but so big, you know, so we ain't living in no mansion. So I'm like, I know that, you know, you're trying. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I do understand, and, and 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 especially even with blended families, that's probably a very common thing. When not only are you learning how to co-parent, but as you said, he gained another family. So now there's a whole another dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. Brings about a whole lot of other issues. Um, and 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 I will say this: I mean, even with me, I think we come in blindly, not realizing all of the things we're going to have to come up against. Um, right. and nobody comes in with a mean spirit or anything, but it's a hard, it's hard. It's, right. it's hard to do this. So you doing this book actually is, I mean, I think this is a great tool, um, towards helping people to kind of get to at least a better place. Um, right. you might not be able to resolve all the issues. Um, Lord knows. I mean, it takes years. It takes yes. years. Kids, <laughs> children are grown by the time you figure it out. And it's like, Okay, right. now it's too late now. Right. But I mean, just to see, I think overall, children want to, most children want to see the parents getting along on some accord. Um, so right. what are some of the things that you shared in the book? Um, I, I mean, I love I love the title and I love what you're talking about. But what are some things you get in the book? What do you, you share in the book that are helping, you know, families? One of the biggest things that I always encourage every parent um, whether you're co-parenting or not, because it's not technically the book is really not just beneficial for co-parenting situations it's for every parent. Um, but it's a, it's very important to have a strong village behind your child. And if you have multiple children that sometimes that village may look different for each child. Um, and I recently did a book reading um, for a parenting group at my job. And um, there was a, one parent who has a, a small child. I want to say her daughter's three or four. And she didn't quite understand the whole village thing. She asked, you know, well, how do you get a village? Well, mm. a, you know, you, you, we always hear it takes a village to raise a child. Right. And it's, and it's somewhat of a cliche. But when you really dig into it, it's and, and, and for me, it meant different as I was uh, raising my daughter compared to when I was being raised um, with the village. Cause back in my day, you know, we were raised by the village consisted of like mainly just family members, teachers, right. school, um, daycare providers and stuff like that. But the, um, this particular generation requires a different kind of village and you have to be very selective with it because you can't trust everybody. And it, right. it, it just means like for me, you know, I started out being just, overly involved with different activities. So, you know, I put her in Girl Scouts and then the, a year later I became um, a troop leader. So I met and bonded with other parents in that particular group. And there were times when if I needed something, one parent would jump in. If they needed something, one parent would jump in and we became each other's village. It's part of that yes. village. Mm -hmm. um, it also meant um, you know, there were times where I could be having a conversation with someone at work. Um maybe even somebody I didn't even know and striking up a conversation about parenting, realizing that we have similar things in, um, in common, that person could very well become a part of my village. It's just somebody right. who's always there to step in and assist when needed. It doesn't mean picking up, dropping off all the time, you know, for different activities. It just means being that extra outlet of someone you can rely on. So then when I put uh, my daughter in, 
the uh, mentor group, I Love Me, that was a village. Mm-hmm. Um, Garcelle um, being the leader, and then she was assigned her individual mentor. She was part of that village. So your village for each child can be different, but it's very important to just have that as an outlet because parents, we don't know it all. Um, no matter right. how much time, no, no matter how much we try, we're going to fail at some things when it comes to parenting because we're learning just as well as they are. Right. You know, children teach us too. And um, so that village is very, very, very um, important. Um, People in your church can be your village. Um, For my particular church, my church, the entire church is a village. um, Mm -hmm. Then when I um, put her in counseling when she was in middle school, she became part of that village. Um, So just people, and and then sometimes people don't stay, don't need to stay in that village. People, you know how you hear the term all the time, people coming to your life for a reason, a a season, season. Mm -hmm. same thing with that village. You might want to say, okay, this season is up for this person because they're not really benefiting my child. Um, So just, it's, it's really a mindset that you have to develop to determine who is really part of your village, who has your back at any cost when it comes to your child. And then it's important as a parent to be a village to other kids as well. Because yeah, by the time my daughter got to high school, she was involved in her own activities as far as dance and modeling. And her friends would sometimes, you know, uh, require, you know, a lot of parents work. A lot of her friends had single parents who didn't have a two parent household and they often didn't have rides home or some. I mean, literally, some of them didn't even have money for food. So I stepped in and did my part to become part of their village because I knew that I already had a solid village behind my child. So it was only fair and you know, equally important to me to become a village for somebody else's child as well. Absolutely. I mean, Alika, that's a lot of things you're saying are just, I'm like, okay, so wait a minute, her name was Alika, not Lisa. Because, I mean, I get what you're saying, even being part of the mentoring group with Dar- under Darcel, um, mm-hmm. I don't have any, you know, children in school, except for my son, who's about to graduate from college soon. So I don't have any young ladies. My daughter's 30, but I still felt the need to continue to pour in in any way I can to young people whatever I'm doing, um, because there's always somebody out there that needs, you know, some kind of guys or even grown people, even my daughter's age, if they're looking for mentors. But I wanted to point out something you were saying when you were talking about the village that we also and parenting that we also need to, you know, be involved in our children's lives to even figure out what works or what kind of village they need. And that's what you were kind of alluding to is that um, we need to know our children enough to know what's working and what maybe is not working. Um, Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, we have to be involved. And we also need to learn how to fall back. I know I was very engaged. I was in PTA. I would come home with being the president of PTA. And my husband's like, what in the world? Well, you know, why? Why do you have a title? And I was like, I just asked a question. I swear I just asked a question, but I wanted to be involved. But in middle school, I learned that that was like that area where, I mean, I used to always say, I know, I know some people are not going to say, I used to say, all your children are like on that milk box carton saying missing because I don't know what happens to them, but they just become different people at that moment because they're trying to figure themselves out. But that was the moment when I had to fall back because I was almost too too much in 
and she mm -hmm. felt the pressure of, you know, mom, you're just always there. And so now I'm getting, your mom is everywhere. She's this and she's that, you know, so I had to fall back because this is still her school. This is her journey. This is about her. And I think parents need to know how to balance that. Um, so they're not all in and they're not all out. Um, and that's why I like what you're writing about too, because all of that is us learning these lessons um, mm -hmm. and getting through this. So tell me, um, like in writing this, I want to ask you as an author, in mm -hmm. writing this, what did, how did you grow? Because um, I know sometimes when you write, it's like when you start to write it and put it down on paper, you just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm teaching myself some things because you realize like later on, like, oh yeah, I was tripping. Um, right. <laughs> so what kind of things did you learn when you were writing this? Oh, I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> before I, I answer that, let me go back because you, you hit you hit a, a nerve with that middle school because um, <laughs> I've, I've often talked about this with the mentor group. So Darcel knows this every time, um, uh, you know, somebody comes new to the uh, mentor group and they have like that child that's get ready to come out of elementary and go into middle school. I always just shake my head because that middle school was the most difficult time of my yes. parenting life. It was, I mean, sometimes I just, even the thought of it just gives me chills because it, I went through so much and yes. I almost, I'm, I'm sitting back now in hindsight thinking like I probably should have devoted an entire chapter in my book to middle schoolers <laughs> because, because like you said, that it's the, you know, they're transitioning and for, for parents like you, yourself and myself, um, who were overly involved, you know, them hormones start coming out, especially with the oh girls <laughs> and, you know, the boys are coming about and it was just, it was total chaos. But one of the things that I did adjust myself with is I realized because she was still in Girl Scouts, I was still a Girl Scout leader when she was in middle school, but I realized that was team too much. She wasn't okay. having it. And, you know, and, and and at the time, the whole entire troop was pretty much middle school because everybody in our troop were all around the same age. That's right. So when I transitioned to the middle uh, to the mentor group, I, you know, I let her do her thing with that for a couple of years. And I, you know, kind of wasn't hovering anymore. And then eventually I became a mentor with the group while she was still a mentee in the group. Um, and she but I made sure it was balanced with her like this is something she actually encouraged at that point because okay. she 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 still needed me to be involved but just on different levels so I was able to maneuver that whole process and then even when she got to high school and like I said she was on the dance team and the modeling team and she knew that um, I used to do flags in high school. And at, um, by the time her junior year came, they were looking for a flag coach. She came to me and said, mommy, will you coach this flag team? Wow. And I said, <laughs> and I said sure. So I became, you know, um, you know, a part of that level at that particular time. And we we were balancing it well at that point. And that's when her friends would come to, she would send her friends to me, like, you might want to talk to my mom. I mean, little personal stuff, like, why are you sending my way? Well, <laughs> but, no, so that's a badge <laughs> of honor, uh, Alika, because I mean, so many times you hear these stories of the young people and they're like, oh, I don't want my mother to be around and I don't want mm -hmm. to. And so it's a badge of honor. And I know that we have to find a balance at times. But, you know, one of the one of the things that I thought of later on when even my son, because it's different with the girls and the boys, too. So, you know, when it was with my son, it was a different kind of energy. My daughter sometimes was, Ma, you know, my son, on the other hand, he didn't care. He was just right. like, 
that's my mother, y'all. That's you know, he just didn't care because I was like the you know help with the baseball team, and I was at every game yelling, and he didn't care. He was just like, yeah, that's my mom, and I was taking kids home and whatever. But one thing I liked was, and I think that it comes from being involved with those kids and doing these kind of things that you're doing with your book and teaching parents how to work together is that we were able to, um, like he would go hang out with his friends at the skating rink and we would get a phone call saying, can you and dad come on up to the skating rink? And I'm like, what? You know, wow. why, why would you want us to come? But I mean, you have to develop now, you know, not best besties. We're not besties with him or anything, but develop a friendship that right. you know so they actually appreciate you and don't feel like they don't want to be because you want to know what's going on even even sometimes now i'll say cameron tells me more than i i need to know sometimes right. like go to your dad i don't <laughs> don't talk to me about it but I, I i loved and i knew that when you were writing this i was feeling like she had to be kind of you know self-therapy you teaching yeah. yourself about some things <laughs> and things you see back hindsight that you were like okay I see how this was, yeah, this was probably very difficult. Um, and then what you might have gone through in your childhood and, you know, try to learn from that. So have you heard any feedback from people who, you know, read this? Because I could imagine um, when I was going through it, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just relating to to all of it. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whose name is on this? Because I don't know. These are my stories. But have you heard anything about, you know, some of the things that people said, you know what, I wasn't doing this, but I get what you're saying, and I'm going to give it a try. I haven't necessarily heard that aspect of feedback um, because it. I think people, um, it's still hard for parents to admit when yeah. they are in the wrong with yeah. something. And that's something that I'm actually trying to get better with, with pointing that out when people do come to me for advice and say, you know, because it's not always the mother's. Um, you know, right or the father's right. I mean, of course we have rights as parents, but you know, sometimes you got to let that child, you got to let that father have his time. You got to let that father do what he needs to do. And That's so right. I, think, I think some, the, the, the feedback that I'm getting is that people are realizing that the book is not just for co-parenting, that it's um, equally important for married couples who are parenting their kids to read it too, because men and women parent differently. That's um, right. And and that's why I purposely did not make the book one sided from just a mother's perspective. Um, so mm -hmm. I included stories from single fathers, um, single mothers, and um, and and then the the good situations as well as some of the right. nice situations. Um, so the stories have been very intriguing for a lot of people. So that's really the feedback that I'm getting. Um, but I think as a parent, it's it's nobody has yet to come out and say, you know. I have had to change my ways as a parent because, you know, especially when they're parents of young children, but I can see yeah. the change when, when they talk about, you know, other things that they learn from the book. And I'm like, oh yeah, you, you're getting it because, you know, it's, it's about balancing things to make your child win. It's about the child. And, you yes. know, um, one of my favorite stories that I wrote in, the, I mean, chapters that I wrote in the book is um, the star of the story. Mm. And that's one, that's a tough one because it's talking about how we have to allow our children to be who they choose to be, no that's matter right. what. And and that means letting them do what they choose to do, whether we agree with it or not. And mm -hmm. a lot of parents have issue with that because they feel like, especially when you grow up in a family that has a family legacy and they just expect the child to follow that family's legacy with whether it's becoming a doctor or a lawyer or um, taking over the, the family construction business or just any of those things. And 
the, you know, they the, the child says, well, I want to study stars. I want to study sharks, you know, something right. that's <laughs> not common. And, and, you know, parents will be like, no, Johnny, you need to do this and you need to do that. Right. We fail our children when we do that because they grow up as as adults trying to please other people and please their parents rather than pleasing themselves. And absolutely, that, I really think <laughs> I may eventually write an entire book on that subject because it's so common. Um, yes. And even like for my situation, um, my daughter's father, he was um, he's a sports person. I mean, what man isn't? And so <laughs> he really wanted her to, you know, do sports when she was young. Um, but she was limited to what she could do anyway, because he had her every other weekend. So sports is usually on weekends. So he couldn't have her right. in Richmond and I couldn't do it here. Um, but then when she got into modeling was her first passion that she discovered and getting to modeling. I went through a lot. I, I tried to, cause both of us, my father, um, her father and I met in the marching band in Norfolk state. So okay. we were, we were both instruments, even though I was a flag girl, but I started off as a um, playing the flute and he played the trombone. So we assumed she was going to be a musician. So in elementary school, I was pushing, hey, let's play an <laughs> instrument. And so she was like, OK, I'll try. So I put it on the clarinet. Less than a year, she was like, I'm not feeling this. <laughs> and and <laughs> so that was one of the things that I um, I started to learn about myself because I tried to force it. Um, okay. and, I, and I think he was secretively trying to force it behind the scenes, too. But I, eventually I was like, okay, you don't want to do it. So let's try piano. She, six lessons and she was done. She was <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, this is not for it's me. Not my thing, right. <laughs> so then I said, okay, well, let's try something different that I never did. So I put her in martial arts. I found a good after school program for martial arts. She liked it in the beginning, but that just wasn't her thing. So that's when I decided to let her go and let her find her way. So when she got to middle school, I, you know, I encouraged her, hey, Think about all of the different activities they have. And so she signed up for the modeling team. And when I tell you this child developed an instant passion, it blew me away when I saw her on the stage for the first time, because I'm like, she finally found something that is true to her. Right. And, right. And, um, and her dad was totally against it. And wow. it was very difficult. Um, and, and I, because she, she eventually wanted to make a career out of that. So he discouraged her. Um, she even went to a summer camp when she was in Richmond one um, year and they asked her, you know, what do you want to do after you graduate high school? And she said, I want to become a model. And one of the teachers told her, you'll never be a model cause you're way too short. And she was crushed. Yeah, and and she, I, I I can't remember. I don't believe she went to her dad about that, but she was really crushed. But my thing was still follow your heart and follow your dreams. You do what you feel is best for you. I will support you as long as you ain't doing nothing crazy. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, th that's so getting back to that chapter, the star of the story, every child needs to be the star of their own story. We don't get Absolutely. to read their story. All we, we're there to guide. We're there to protect. We're there to nurture and support. But who are we as parents to say you will be a doctor? And the child right. is saying, I want to be an archaeologist or, you know, who are we? And, and it's. It's, that's a tough pill to swallow for most parents. They want. Well, I mean, even with things. grown folk, that changes. I mean, you know, yeah. if you think about it, with, how many grown people do we know who, you know, we're going to be a chef and then they're going right. to be something else. 
Um, and, and it's okay to switch up and change. You know, I mm -hmm. like I tell people, and some people don't even know that I play instruments. As, but as in elementary school, I love don't y'all don't judge me. <laughs> I did. I played the violin, and I love the violin. I played the violin every year in elementary school. But now I love the I love the sound. But I right. yeah, I'm not picking up no violin. But you know, they have to try things until it reminds yeah. me of the movie Soul. Um, mm -hmm. They got to try things until they find out what fits them. And mm -hmm. then you're right. As parents, we have to be like, let them figure that out and see mm -hmm. if this is something that's temporary or this is it. You never know. Or this is in yeah. addition to something else they're going to do. And mm -hmm. you want to support that, too. So, Alika, this is this is awesome conversation. We're going to have a commercial. Um, this um, We have a commercial because I know that things are going to be opening up soon and summertime is coming. Um, and so we're going to um, run this commercial to pay a few bills and then we're going to come back and keep this conversation going. And then later on, um, we're, before we tune out, we're going to um, announce something. But Alika, we'll be right back with more of this conversation. Hold on tight. Okay. I'll let you go. All right, well, we are back. Um, and thank you so much, Al Alika. This is some good conversation. Um, if y'all don't, I'm gonna remind you all again, you all need to get this book. It's called Conquering Co-Parenting, Overcoming Chaos and Stress While Sharing Custody. This is a huge, huge, um, I think a huge win for most families. Um, and no, we're not going to always get it right. Um, yes, it's hard. Even even parents who have grown children, okay, because they're always your children. Mm -hmm. Um but you have to get to a place when you say, okay, we don't agree. We don't do things the same way. But how are we, like you said, going to make this a, a winning process for these children um, before they go up either hating one of us or not want to be bothered with one or feeling like one didn't support and one did. And the reality is they're both supporting. They're just very different. Um, yeah. And some, some parents have pros and it's pros and cons on both sides. Um, and, but I do agree. The hardest part is parents admitting that I'm not doing this, you know, the best way that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, because I mean, even when I was younger, I had those hard conversations with my girlfriends when, you know, even when my daughter was getting to an age, that middle school age, when she was like, I don't want to go. You know, when it was time to go to dad, I don't want to go. And I was, you know, really still encourage her. You need to go spend some time with your father. You need to. I just kept doing it. And they kept saying, she don't want to go. She and I was like, oh, wait a minute, y'all. y'all, Because it's our job, too, to make sure even when they don't want to. Until they get to a certain age was my feeling, you know, you still need to encourage that. Or if they're having some issues, encourage the phone call, encourage the, you know, just touch and base, um, you know, and it, you you still have to do that as a parent. You can't just say, oh, good. They just want to be with me and then forget about the fact that there's a whole other parent there. Um, and that goes for dads too, vice versa, because um, it goes, you know, it's, it flips. You know, a lot of people feel like it's just a woman. 
but sometimes it's the male too and i know sometimes they feel left out like hey we having a hard time over here too um so i like that you're dealing with all kinds of family you know situations not just co-parenting but marriage you know because it is true that everybody you know there's a good cop and a bad cop <laughs> I am usually the bad cop. Um, <laughs> I kind of embrace that. But, you know, sometimes it gets rough when you're always the one who's, you know, most of the time says no. Or even the one who always says yes. That gets right. frustrating, too. So right. I'm, I'm really, really loving, you know, where you're going with this. And you were in my head when you talk about the next itch because I've been there are a couple subject matters that I'm like, OK, I I don't know if they ready. I don't know if I'm ready, <laughs> but it's in there. It's in there. So are there some tips that you share in the book or what kind of things do you share um, maybe to um, for next steps? Um, the, 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 yeah, the bottom oh, line is learned or something like that. Yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. Every parent needs to check their motive and check their own heart. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, you know, that's why at the end of every chapter, I have lessons learned and mirror check because you may read a story in there that you think, oh, my God, that child had to go through that. And, and you know, it may not have been my child. Um, don't we can't judge each other because right. we all fall short, especially right. as parents. And when you see something, even if you're not guilty of it, don't judge that person, because if they don't know, then you just have the conversation with them and to help them see things from a different angle. Um, right. So the biggest thing is that we can't judge each other. We can't judge parents because the children still get caught in the middle of the judgment. Um, so I just encourage parents that every choice that you make for your child, make sure that you have the proper motive that is all about the child and not yourself. I mean, we become selfish as parents and, you know, we want them to do things a particular way and they that may not be the way that they choose to do something. So right. you have to kind of set them free, step back. And of course, that goes with different ages and stages of a child. Right. Um, absolutely. You know, because like you were saying, when they get a certain age, um, you know, they, they're developing their own uh, path anyway. And mm -hmm. so we have to sometimes just step way back, you know, while we keep maybe not both hands on the steering wheel trying to drive the life of the child, <laughs> maybe just taking one hand off the steering wheel and just kind of staring from behind and watching them. And then when they make the mistake, because if they don't make mistakes, they'll never learn. If exactly. we tell them how to do A, Y, Z the right way every single time, they're not going to have those failing experiences that helps them grow. Well, so, not only that, but they think that mom and dad are perfect and we are by no means perfect. And the last thing you want to do is create a situation where they think that we never make mistakes. Right. So that's why they're always trying to live up to who we are when yeah. we still working on us. So, exactly. you know, sometimes it's like, no, don't be like me. Right. <laughs> I didn't do this right. I need you to do this right. better than me. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get it. Um, I love this. I, I love um, I love the message. Um, and I think it's needed. Um, like I said, when you were doing the research, I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking 
um, you're probably thinking, okay, am I the only one going through this? And then when you started to, you know, connect with other people, because that's when I figured out when you start having conversations, I was like, oh, well, we all got the same yep. story. And, and, and actually not even the same story on things that didn't go so well, but the same story on things where I needed to be checked, like that mirror check you talked about. Yeah. And I was able to look at my girlfriend or whoever and say, oh, well, wait, wait a minute, you mm -hmm. know, because I, I did it. So I'm telling you, don't. don't you might not want to do that. Right. Um, but that is a hard place to be. And then now you have parents who are younger. Um, yeah. And, you know, that ego gets in the way and you can't admit that I didn't do this right. So mm -hmm. you're like, whatever, I'm going to do this. My Everybody is my way, my way. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to listen to our kids. Sometimes they're telling you how they feel about something. N not necessarily saying give them whatever they want, but hear them out. And right. then, you know, find a middle. And that was one of the, the challenges that I had because, you know, me growing up, I grew up in a, um, with a uh, generation of parents who we weren't really allowed to speak up and express ourselves. It was more so you do as we say and say as we do. You don't you just don't um, talk about your feelings. And, you know, when you get in trouble, you just deal with your feelings to yourself. So this generation is the total opposite. And. I, I honestly believe that that's where the biggest divide came with um, her father and I, because he kept that mentality from what he was raised with and she could mm -hmm. never express herself to him. Even to yeah. this day, she struggles with, you know, um, whenever she doesn't hear from him or some of the things he says, you know, she'll come and talk to me about it. And I just listen. And then I'll say, okay, I get it, but he needs to hear that from you. You have right. to learn to listen to your children, whether they're right or wrong, just hear them out. They, because if they don't express themselves verbally to you as the parent, they're expressing it to somebody else. And then when social oh, yeah. media and all this other stuff gets involved, you've, you've created a whole nother monster that you may not even know anything about. So that's that was right. Of communication are very, very, very important, and that's one of the things you said earlier. Um, I encourage the, um, you know, when but middle. Let's go back to middle school. I told you that's that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> middle school is when she stopped wanting to go with her father. Right. And I was like, no, 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 because mm -mm, number one, you're not getting me caught up in these court orders and have me <laughs> have me being back in court for something just because you don't want to go. Um, but then it got worse when she was in high school, because, again, she's in activities and certain things right. fell on weekends. And then she would have her friends would have like sweet 16 parties and oh, it's your dad's weekend. And dad would say, no, you're not going. You coming with me. And it was a big strain. Um, but her counselor helped her see as well as her counselor ended up helping me see a whole lot differently mm -hmm. than I did before where you have to, we, we had to embrace him for who he was and where he was at in his life. And I just encourage her all the time, even by the time she graduated, uh, you need to keep going and seeing your dad as much as you can, as much as you want, as much as they want to see you, because you have two younger sisters now that are looking up to you. Um, and I talk about that part in the chapter, um, uh, the I can't manifest in your melting pot. That melting pot okay. with, with blended families. Um, yeah, that's important because I never really felt like I needed to be a part of that because I don't have a blended family. I'm a single mother and I never remarried. And I don't have any more kids. But then I realized I had to help her navigate her new family 
with two um, half sisters and a stepmom and, um, you know, the different things that they do versus what I do. So that melting pot is very, very um, important to, to handle. So that's why I, you know, she, when she was getting ready to graduate from high school, she was on countdown mode. Like I don't have to go see my dad every other weekend. And, and I'm like, that's not fair. You know, he's going to forever be your dad and he's going to forever want to see you. So, um, and, and one of the, one of their strains that they had too was his, uh, means of communication. He's a texter. He very seldom would pick up that phone and call her. Everything was done on text. And so I tried to tell her, don't be like him. If you want to talk to him, call. Stop texting and call because you can't really express yourself the way you need to with That's a text right. message. It needs That's to right. be verbally heard. And if you're not able to be in his face to talk to him about certain things, at least let him hear your voice. Um, yes. So. So she's, you know, gotten better with that. She go, of course, COVID shut a lot of that down. Um, mm -hmm. But she did, she did go visit for Christmas. And, um, you know, she she has gotten a lot better with wanting to spend time with her family and communicating with them. They do um, Zoom calls all the time um, or her sisters would Skype her um, so that they can talk and, you know, see her face. And so that that's that's a blessing because. That's one of the things that no matter what, no, like you said before, no mother or father is right or wrong. It's just that when they're not on one accord, it can become very chaotic and somebody has to be the adult to, to balance this so that the child can continue to win. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Because I'm telling you, when it comes down to the blended families, that's a rough one because, um, you know, it's always that somebody gets seen as the bad guy and right. somebody gets seen. As, and sometimes that's not actually the case. But because there's no communication, people aren't talking, the adults aren't aren't bridging those gaps, then the gaps get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's yeah. harder when kids are older to mend those things. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. people get caught in their ways. But I mean, to me, this book is like a real help for, you know, you're never too old. Um, like they say, you, you, you're never too old to learn a new trick. I, I just don't believe that. You can always learn something new. I know it's harder but it's doable and to me what you're trying to say is um we need to get back to what the basic is uh, how we we trying to live peacefully yes. so how do we do that we learn to accept people for who they are and then respect them in that space so we're not right. always going to agree or get on special when it comes to parenting everybody got their own style even mm -hmm. your children having children you know my daughter mm -hmm. has different ways than i did when i was a kid so i have to learn sometimes to okay Gigi, <laughs> it's not your baby uh, <laughs> i know you thinking this your baby but that co-parenting can go for grandparents with yes. their children you know because yeah. that's that's a hard one because you know when you grow up a certain way Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, 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 you don't do that with him. What you need to do? And then she's like, oh, oh, oh wait a minute. Right, right. right. <laughs> like, you know, you listen to me. I'm the elder. But we didn't know everything either. And everything doesn't work the same way. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I, I love this, Alika. What I want to do, we have about 10 minutes left. But um, I want to come back and ask. We're going to um, do our special announcement. Okay. And before we um, leave, I want to come back and ask you, um, 
I'm going to give you a scenario and just kind of see what you would do um, or advice you might give to a parent going through something. But before we go there and then, of course, find out where we can get Alika's book and where you can contact her, um, we're going to share a special announcement. So, Alika, I'm excited that you're on here with us. Um, so let me give you a little background. Um, so I've been throwing out a teaser saying that we had a secret. Um, you all know, like Alika, this is Alika's first book. My first book was Power Shut Up back in 2019. And that has really been my, my mission, my message. Um, it's bigger. It's really bigger than the book for me. It's deeper than the book. It really is about a message. Um, and that's why I like what Alika's done here. Um, so I had a few people kind of um, pouring to me about some things. And it, literally this happens in Alika, you can probably attest to when something comes to you is within two hours, three people. And I and Victoria will like this because she's on three people came to me with the same kind of um idea, like asked me the same question. Why are you not doing this? Or why are you and I was like, Oh, that's not really me. You know, I'm I don't know how to do that kind of thing. And they're like, No, you're already doing it. But it I was told that this was a level up year. Okay. This is 2021 is time to level up. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I've reached some levels. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not competing with anybody. I'm just doing my thing in my lane. But um, I decided that I was going to do something that took took me up to, you know, another another plateau in my journey. Um, and it is related to the power shut up. It's also related to the fact that um, I released um, my book in April. So next year, I'm not going to share everything about April, but April is going to be a fun month for Lunch with Lisa because we can't still get out because we have these things going on with COVID and things. But um, this announcement is kind of related to that. Um, but Shariva, we're going to go ahead and kind of share the announcement of what's going to happen um, in April. And then we'll come back. I'll talk a little bit about it. Then we'll go back to um, Alika. But let's just go ahead and let it go. Let her rip. seen that April 20 um April 24th I'm going to have a power shut up symposium um something not big not small not fancy smancy um just Lisa you know lunching with kind of like lunching with Lisa just you know regular old Lisa doing her thing talking about what's important I think that um this is a year we've gone through so much and we have if we ain't learned nothing we should have learned that words have major power OK, um, as you can see, the use of words can start a whole bunch of foolishness in the world um, and people believe what they hear. People believe what they say. Um, so we need to we need to be better. We need to be responsible because things are out of hand. And this is the year to do that. So I want to give back in that way. So I um, 
Sean Mason is going to host this for me. Um, and Prince DeJoy, if you all remember him from BT, is actually going to be um, a guest on here. We have Victoria Holland that's going to be on the panel. And Dana Hutchinson, if you all don't know, is the, the editor-in-chief at Dove Style Magazine. And I'm not finished with all of, you know, with the, uh, maybe a guest or two that are going to be on as well as far as panelists. Um, and then we just want to, from 10, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., we're going to pour in about the power of shut up. I mean, I do think it's a whole mood. It's Absolutely. a whole mood. Um, and uh, we got work to do. Um, and I'm, I'm, we're going we're gonna to go into Alika. We're going to go into the power shut up with our kids. Because the reason I was asking you those questions, because, I, I you know, of course, my kids are grown now. So they're probably like, uh, Ma, it took you all this kind of <laughs> <laughs> but you know when we we fussing and we yelling at our kids, is that really the best thing? You know, right. are, are we getting through to them? Are they hearing us? Mm -hmm. um, so I had to check myself on some stuff. So I know they're saying I'm a little late, um, but you know I get it, and I get that. You know, I like I told people with some of my power shut up talks. Sometimes I felt like, well, I said it on level two, and y'all didn't hear me. So next time I came in, I just started at ten, you know. <laughs> so, but maybe I should have just upped it to three, okay, or go to five. But you know, I figured, okay, well they don't hear me, so let me just go in hard. But you know, we had to, I had to learn some things, and kind of like your book, Power Shut Up, is really kind of a self check. Um, and people don't realize I'm not saying to go out and tell people to shut up. I'm really trying to say you need to learn when you need to shut up. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm excited about it. I'm nervous about it. But um, yes, I'm putting that together right now. So we are still working on the details. But I promised last week that I would make the special announcement. And we are hustling to get it, get it done because my birthday is the 22nd of April. And we will not have a live um, you know, show necessarily maybe. Um, I'm still kind of playing around with that, but next month is going to be kind of fun and it's really going to be geared towards the power shut up. So I just wanted to let everybody know next, next, next month, every week, we're going to be giving out some power shut up stuff. If you all can see, I'm wearing my power shut up shirt. Um, we're going to give away masks and shirts and mugs and everything related to power shut up. So I'm hoping you all will come out and support, um, and you know, get into these talks. Um, so I want to get back to Alika and ask you. So Alika, I wanted to ask you. So say you have this couple that comes to you. Mm -hmm. um, they're no longer together, but they have um, they have a child. Um, okay. they, uh, say what they both have children from. They were blended as well. Okay. So what advice would you give them based on what, you know, some of the things that you've heard, whether it's feedback from your book or when you were writing it, what are some th advice that you would give them on how you, um, I guess, agree to disagree? Um, so kind of going towards those issues where we never really got on the same page, mm -hmm. but we still had to figure out how we respect the fact that, okay, this is not going to be where, I'm never going to agree with what you're saying, but how do we get through this? Do you have some advice for somebody like that? Yes. My advice would be first to, for each parent to understand and recognize that every child is different and you have to address every child differently and based on their age, um, based on their gender, um, it's okay to disagree, but at the same time, you have to keep the child's primary part at focus and listen to them, 
allow them to express themselves, as I mentioned earlier. But at the same time, as the parent, don't be so dominant and 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 just assuming that what you say has to go. And one of the biggest things that they should never do, especially when it comes to blended families, don't ever compare one child to another. Yes. Um, I don't care if one child is a stellar student and the other one is not. Do not ever compare a child to a sibling because it crushes their spirit. My daughter's father did it to her with her younger sisters. He compared their math skills to her math skills. And I don't believe he had, like I said earlier, he didn't have bad intentions with it. And he just didn't realize that that, that struck a nerve. It struck a very, very difficult um, part of her heart. And she wasn't even able to express to him how it made her feel. So right. just don't don't get caught up in that. And parents need to talk away from the kids. Never talk around the kids. And even when you think the kids are not um, listening, if they're around, keep it until they're not around. Because yeah. that they just need to be completely out of that. They don't need to see the process of you getting yourself together to agree or disagree. They just need. Yeah, to and they can hear it all. Yeah, <laughs> they, they hear it all. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my that would be my biggest um piece of advice. That's that and that's huge. Um, great. That's great advice. Um, yeah, and they could take that to the bank. I mean, because and and, and we're constantly learning, you know, things to do. Um, because the families are changing. Blended. We didn't have, you know, the blended families have increased. All of that stuff has increased. So and it gets harder and harder. The the more levels you put into this, it's just like, oh my goodness, how are we going to get through this? But we at least got to respect each other. So Alika, tell everybody where they can get this book. They can get the book in case they don't have it. Here's my copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amazon, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, and and um, my website should be up now, MorningToastWithJam.com. Um, they okay. can go in there and um, request the book as well. And anybody who wants to um, receive like an autograph copy, they can do that through the website, morningtoastwithjam.com, or they can go to alikamelson.com. Or what's the other I love thing? It. Um, thank you. Or they can um, send me, um, I, I guess, is it okay to put my phone number out there if they want to text? Uh, if you want, if that's how you want, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> if they want to request it, um, a copy through text, like I said, I'll autograph and ship it the next day. It's 301-346-1559. But the website again is morningtoastwithjam.com. Morningtoastwithjam.com forget because you want to get your signed copy. That's what you want. You want to get your sign. You want Alika's hands on this book and you want her to write a message to you. I'm telling you, it just means so much when you get the author to write something inside. Um, just to thank you. But morningtoastwithjam.com, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, you all go out and get this copy. If not for you, but somebody else you know, um, because marriages and all kinds of blended families are are, are yeah. COVID ain't stopped, no love. So people out there getting married and going into families and they need help on how to get, we all need help on how to get through it. Even if you're auntie or uncle and you yes. have your, kid, your, your nieces and nephews, you will benefit too. So it's for any adult, any adult working around kids. Teachers, I'm telling you, your teachers really need to get this. Oh yeah, look, <laughs> counselors, teachers, yeah. <laughs> Go get the book or buy it for somebody else. And as Victoria always says, I'll share with Victoria Holland always says, get three. She always says three, three is a lucky number. 
go ahead and get three of them. But thank you so much, Alika, for joining lunch with Lisa. Um, it's, it's been great and this has been we have to continue this and have you come back and talk more especially when them new books come out um so um I, I thank y'all for tuning in and joining us and i'm hoping that you all will join me at the power shut up event it's going to be fun um it's of course my first time out the gate with something like this but i'm excited about it anyway um i you know hey i'm excited about it just because it's something new why not um and you know, COVID can't stop nothing. When you when things are dropped on you, that it's for a reason at this time. So I'm gonna go for it. Um, so you all can tune in every Thursday, seven to eight p.m. Um, uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and also, I want to remind you that on Fridays, the Luncheon with Lisa show actually airs on GMAP Broadcast Network. Um, um, six o'clock Central Standard Time, seven o'clock our time again on tomorrow. So you can tune in on that network and find Luncheon with Lisa, but you can always come back and check us out. So thank you so much to GMAP Broadcasting Network for airing the show as well. And I look forward to seeing you all next Thursday. We are having the Step into Leadership Greatness um, co-authors. Jennifer uh, Jones-Bryant is the visionary, but we're having all the co-authors come on on the next two weeks to talk about their book and who doesn't want to step in the name of leadership greatness. So y'all join us. And Alika, again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And I hope we see you back soon. Yes, you will. Take care. Bye. Have a good one.